When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Not again. Uh, Okay, well, what are we at? Day four now? Yes, it's almost a one-week-long little baby bearish market. Thank you, China. I want to thank China for making this all possible. Thanks to your uh, weird eating habits and live animals spreading horrible diseases, you've now got everyone freaked out. This is another episode of Talking Real Money devoted to de-freaking you out because no one else in the media seems to want to do it. My wife earlier was watching CNBC and I said, stop! She goes, oh, this is interesting stuff. I said, no, it's not. It's stupid, short-sighted prognostication without any purpose. It's purposeless. And it's just ridiculous, too, because they're, now, suddenly, when they were, uh, they, were, they were talking bullish a couple of weeks ago, now, suddenly, they're thinking, well, economies have changed now. The economy hasn't changed. As a matter of fact, we have no clue whatsoever as to what this virus is going to do as to what the economic impact of it will be and i'm not going to the political thing not going to do it because this is enough for right now and we are behaving badly but The only consolation I get from all of this is the fact that when I look at the numbers, I really see that it's not you necessarily who are behaving badly. It's the people who call themselves investors, but are actually speculative wolves in sheep's clothing. They're the people, the knee jerkers, the overreactors, the 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 traitors, the profit mongers. You aren't that. And I need to help you put this in perspective. Okay, so we're down about 10% for the week. We're down about 10% from the markets, by the way, all-time high just a week or so ago. All-time high. But it's always been hitting all-time highs. That's the thing. All-time highs aren't static. They have to occur over and over again, and they've occurred since the beginning of the markets. They occur regularly. But let's talk about this for a minute. Let's say you were thinking about building a better portfolio two weeks ago. And at the time, the advisor you were talking to said, hey, tell you what what I'll do for you. I'll give you the equity portion of your portfolio for 10% less right now. What would you have done? Think about it for a minute. You were ready to do it anyway. And then they give it to you for 10% off? Well, you'd be all over that. Well, that's what the market just did for you. Could it go lower? Absolutely. 
As a matter of fact, today on an interview on a radio station, I was asked by the anchor, how much lower can this go? And I knew he was going to ask something like that because that's, oh, that's the standard way of thinking about it. Let's ask some expert how low it can go. And most of the idiot experts out there, notice I used idiot and expert adjacent to one another. Most of the idiot experts out there will tell you they know something because they want to seem smart. They do. They want so badly to seem smart. What do you think my answer was? I have no idea. I have no idea. I've been at this longer than most of the talking heads in the world. And I know that I can't know. And I said, anyone who tells you that they know what the market is going to do going forward or even strongly believe is one of two things. A fool or a liar. Because that's what they are. So let's go through a few calming facts. Again, could the market go lower? Yes, it could. But, hey, it's lower than it was last week, and if you liked it last week, you gotta love it today. Particularly if you're a young investor. But even if you're an older investor, I keep saying this over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again... If your portfolio isn't massively diversified for your risk tolerance and need to take risk, then you've been making a mistake all along, and if it was properly constructed to begin with, you wouldn't be worrying about this because you would have had a portfolio built with just this kind of expectation within it. Now, I do know one thing about how low the market can't go. It can't go to zero. Not a globally diversified portfolio of stocks that represent the global economy. They cannot, it cannot go to zero. That is utterly impossible in any scenario short of a, an extinction event asteroid. Not even a war can do it. Not even a war because we had the biggest war of all time and it didn't do it. So we already know that. You see, we have data to support it. So what could happen? Well, we could have a pandemic. We could. Let's assume that it's the worst pandemic in, say, 40 years. Oh, no, let's do one better. Let's say it's the worst in 50 years, almost 50 years. Well, we know about the last global pandemic. It was within many of our lives. People like me, old people. For most of you, you didn't even know this happened. It was in 1968. It was called the Hong Kong flu. And it killed more than a million people around the world. How did the stock market do that year? Well, the Dow, the silly little 30 Dow, gained 6.5% for the year. Now, let's put that in perspective. COVID-19, the coronavirus, has killed fewer than 3,000. It's about 2,800. And the World Health Organization says that about 80% of the cases are mild. How about influenza this season? It's killed more than 16,000 people. 
this virus thing is fun for the news media to, to just hype like crazy. It's fun for people who love this emotional panic. They get to talk about all the bad things. You know, oh, I heard somebody's doing this. And I, oh, I heard this person's doing that. And I heard this school's this and this building's that and this. Oh, I heard all these people have it. No, they don't. And if they do, well, the vast majority of people who are going to get it are going to survive just fine. Some will die, but that's part of being human. Some will die. Yes, it will disrupt business, but we'll work around it. Companies are already moving production to other places. And if we can't get an iPhone for a little while and Apple stock goes down for a little while, that's not the end of the economic world. Get that through your head. This will not destroy the planet's economy. It's a bump. And your portfolio needs to be built for bumps so you don't let your emotions take control. Do you know how long this decline will continue? Do you know it? I don't. Do you? Do you actually believe someone else does? Do you know how far the global markets are going to decline? And finally... Are you going to know when it's time to get back in? Let's say it goes down a little further. How much further is it going to go down? Because you got to know that so you know when to get back in. It's not like you're going to go, I sense that it's time. That's not how it works. You don't sense the future. Relax. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned this before. But do you remember the last correction of this magnitude? Or actually greater. Do you remember it? It was awful. It was just terrible. I, I think everybody ran from the markets and never came back. Oh, oh, wait, no, I was wrong. Wait, the last correction was in the final quarter of 2018. And it actually, for a brief moment, became a bear market, which is a 20% decline. And a lot of people on a lot of the talking head shows said, ooh, this could be another 2008. Should you have sold at the end of 2018 after it declined 10 to 20%? Should you have sold? Do you know the answer? No, because if you'd sold, you would have missed out in a 30% gain for the Standard & Poor's 500. Yet, corrections happen. We've had 26 over the last 75 years. They last on average four months. Stop playing the market. Stop panicking. Stop allowing your emotions to control your smarter than average mind. Please. And if you have questions, if you want to talk about this, if you're concerned, call us at 855-935-TALK. Send us a note at TalkingRealMoney.com, or you can even call and talk with one of our advisors if you're really freaking out and uh, set up an appointment at TalkingRealMoney.com, although they're kind of busy right now. But that's okay. We, we'll, we'll make time for you. And we do answer questions, although most of them don't have anything to do with the decline. I just want to keep making this point. This is to save you. This doesn't do a darn thing for me. It really doesn't. Because I don't do anything when the market does this and never have. And folks, I've been in this business for 35 years. I think I probably have some decent perspective. 
So send your questions into TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. Just use the uh, comment form, contact form, or call them in at 855-935-TALK. But let's take one that was written in recently, and the topic is Roth IRA or traditional IRA. Hi, sir. I am a longtime listener and enjoy your show very much. My company is offering a Roth 401k and a traditional 401k. I'm 48 years old. Can you tell me which one is better for me, Roth or traditional? Thank you. Well, generally, broadly, with a broad brush, I prefer a Roth to a traditional. Now, the Roth does not offer you a current tax deduction, but... For most good savers who are starting young, that tax deduction is not nearly as important as the tax-free growth that the portfolio offers. Not just the tax-free growth throughout, but the fact that you can take the money out tax-free at the end. Because if you're a great saver and investor, you're likely to build up a pretty decent pile of wealth before you retire. And if, when you retire, you're faced with the mandatory withdrawals from your traditional IRAs and 401ks, then you can have some really big tax bills that you don't necessarily want to have. So most of the time, I default to the Roth. The only exception is if you're in a really high bracket now and you expect when you get to retirement that you'll be in a lower bracket, probably substantially lower. And I know that's impossible to know. So that's why I default to the Roth 401k. Again, send questions to TalkingRealMoney.com or call us 24-7 at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And let's wrap things up with one of those calls. I have a question. I retire in December um, from the U.S. government, and I was married for less than seven years. The ex-wife has been remarried, um, and she also made more money than me. And I was wondering if she has a right to any of that thrift savings plan retirement from the government at all. Um, any input would be great. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just starting to find out this information because I retire this year. Thank you. Bye. That's an interesting question. The thrift savings plan, the TSP, is a government, it's like the government's version of a 401k. It is a defined contribution plan. You make contributions to the plan, you invest that money, and then when you get to retirement, you use that money as pretty much you see fit to retire. So your TSP can be divided in a divorce, but that happened seven years ago, and it apparently wasn't. Or if it was, whatever was done then is done. So, no, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty confident of this answer. Your TSP cannot be attached by her seven years after the fact and after she's been married. I mean, maybe legally they could, I can't even imagine a scenario. So I would not think twice about it. I would not worry about it. That money should be your money for the rest of your retired life. Oh, by the way, before we go, all of you who invest properly, who have a massively diversified portfolio for your risk tolerance, you know, you don't have more than 
50% in equities if you can't stand a drop of more than 25%? You know, you, you smart ones, those of you who are about 50% U.S. and 50% international, those of you who have short intermediate term bonds, not as a way to make money, but as a way to dampen volatility. I want to thank you all for being so much smarter than most of the country and congratulate you on both your good sense, your fortitude, and your patience, because you know it pays off, particularly if you've done it for a while. So thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Call in your questions to 855-935-TALK. Subscribe to the podcast. You can also write us questions at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And go watch our videos and listen to the podcast. There's lots of them. This week, they're all pretty much about don't do anything. And please, please, please just go out and spread the word when people want to talk about what the market's been doing. Okay? Say, um, listen to Don. Okay? Thanks for being there. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.